That includes you. Look into Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye. Jesus giving instruction to his disciples on how to pray. He said, start this way. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. And our prayer tonight is that God's kingdom would come in this room and that God's kingdom would come to our church and that God's kingdom would come to our, our city and that God's kingdom would come to our families and our own lives and that God's kingdom would come to our little community and our city. How many would like to see God's kingdom be established in greatness and power and authority? Would you lift your hands and just invite God's kingdom to be a part of our lives and let it be ordained in our lives today. Father, we are praying the way that you asked us to pray. God, you asked us to say this, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, God, and thy will be done. That's our prayer this evening. Father, we are so thankful for this group of people that have gathered together. God, we don't take this responsibility lightly, and God, we don't take this opportunity for granted. God, what a great privilege we have to be together with people of like precious faith. God, what a great privilege we have of be, to be gathered together in this room and assembled and God declaring your greatness and singing your praises. God, what a great opportunity we have, but we know, God, that it comes with great responsibility. So, Father, our prayer tonight is let that sense of responsibility rest on your church. God, let it rest on this family of believers. God, let it rest on this army of believers tonight, we pray. Let your kingdom come. That's our cry, Lord. That's our battle cry. That's our warrior cry tonight. Let your kingdom come. I feel the Holy Ghost is rising for a moment. If you just got a little touch of intercession for a minute, would you release it? Jesus, I pray right now that your kingdom would come in the face of every other kingdom seeking to advance itself. And God, in the face of every other kingdom that's attempting to rise up, God, in the face of every other kingdom that's attempting to establish itself right now, Father, I pray let your kingdom come. God, let your kingdom come in this room. Let your kingdom come in this church. God, we're praying for it. We're desiring it. We're asking for it. God, that's our cry tonight. Come on, somebody just pray in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, 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 we pray. Would someone just declare that all-powerful name of our King tonight? In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Thank you, Father. It's all right if you want to keep praying. That won't slow us down a little bit. <clears throat> it's important that we note the declarations that Christ taught us to include in our prayer. The first of which is to make sure that we praise him, understand who we are, understand who he is, our Father. I know we just come off of Father's Day. Happy belated Father's Day to all the dads in the room. Happy belated Father's Day. We, we, I know that we had a great team here. Uh, at home base, had breakfast for you all. Thank you to everyone that was involved in that. Thank you for your hard work and showing up. And Pastor Matt just did a phenomenal uh, job preaching on Sunday morning. Had the opportunity to watch that. Yeah, that's all right. That is perfectly in order. And, um, and uh, you know, and, and 
just coming off of that, understanding that all those dads we celebrated, we are celebrating our Father today. Our Father, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that there's a responsibility that we have to separate him, to hallow him, to set him above everything else in our lives, that God is greater, he's more, he's enough, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And, and then he asks us to pray this way. He said, thy kingdom come. And, uh, you know, so often we'll skip over that little part and, and go to the next part about the, you know, thy, thy will be done. And I've had many people ask me about how do they know the will of God for their lives? That's a great question. That's, a, that's perfectly in order as well. How, how do I know what the will of God is for my life? I've had people ask me, you know, how do I know if this job is the will of God or this house that I'm going to buy, if it's the will of God? Is this car the will of God? I'm not making fun of any, anybody at all. I think those are all great. Is this girlfriend the will of God? Great question. Is this marriage the will of God? Man alive. Did we uh, have some engagements happen on this weekend? There's all kinds of bling floating around here. We're celebrating. I was just, Kathy and I, while we were away, I was like, check this out. I'm not usually the first person to, to find out about all the engagements, but... I'm so grateful that love is at work. Is this marriage the will of God? Is this move the will of God? And there's all kinds of things that we want to know the will of God about in our lives because we don't want to be on the other side of being out of the will of God. We've all been there. I've been there when I bought the wrong car. That first, one of the first vehicles that Kathy and I bought, a Plymouth Sundance. And that car danced all over us. There was no sunshine. It was only cloud and rain. And I, I should have known better. The guy said, oh, we just put a new motor in it for you. And uh, we spent 2,500 hard-earned dollars at $7 per hour on that car. And it never stopped taking until we got rid of it. It was just, it was not the right car. I remember when we told Brother Goddard, yeah, we bought a Plymouth Sundance. I remember Brother Goddard slapping his head. <laughs> Kathy's laughing the loudest because she knows it. She he said, the world's greatest gutless vehicle. That was his response. I knew, I knew then I was out of the will of God, or at least I was out of the will of the man of God. Um, uh, you know, how do we get in? We don't want to be on that side of being out of the will of God, but... I've never had anyone come to me asking how to recognize if the kingdom of God is coming. How, how do I know if the kingdom of God is coming in my life? I've, I've yet to have that. So it's great. I thought it's great to settle in there tonight. Anyone want to just stay with me for about the next 35 minutes and we'll unpack this a little bit? We'll talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God can be summarized as the everlasting realm where God is sovereign and rules forever the kingdom of God the kingdom of God maybe not in that specific phrase but uh, the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven um, it's mentioned more than 80 times in the New Testament I I think there's some significance to the kingdom of God if God 80 times through the books of the New Testament mentions the kingdom that we need to recognize is coming the the teachings of Jesus if you're careful to notice the phrase he centers his teaching on the kingdom of God. 
There's uh, other phrases that we use throughout the Old and the New Testament, but mostly in the New Testament about, about the kingdom that's coming. So I, I, I would guess that if it's that critically acclaimed through the word and through the scripture, and yet we still have a great deal of challenge identifying it, maybe it'd be good if we just spent a little bit of time talking about it tonight. Is that okay? It's okay. All right. If we... Um, if we just talk about kingdom, if we talk about the current monarchy, the Commonwealth has just finished celebrating the Queen's Platinum Jubilee celebration. And, and uh, you know, we, we've, <clears throat> we've seen the, the YouTube clips and, and I, I took some time and did a little exam. They, they, they had the tree of trees outside Buckingham Palace. They had 350 trees that they assembled on, on kind of this, uh, looked like a lattice work and then built a tree that was 70 feet tall for the queen's 70th years of celebration and, and being our monarch and, and uh, just this, this opportunity that, that our commonwealth has taken to celebrate her reign for 70 years and that's a great, for sure, a great milestone, a great record and, and uh, you know, maybe this is a little bit <clears throat> in my mind because when we took some time on Monday, we went out to the Canadian Rockies and we went up to, where is that place we went again, Kath? No, I'm just teasing. Banff and uh, the Rockies, and, and uh, we, we went to the top of that gondola one more time, and, and we were looking around, and Kathy, in one of the conversations that she had with some of the folks there, she said, you know, nobody here owns the property. It's the Queen's. You can, if you have a house there, then you lease the land from the crown. And, and the, lease, the lease for the homeowners lasts about 42 years at a time. And, and then it's renewed. And, and usually there's not a problem. But the reality when you begin to realize that uh, that land isn't your land. That you may live there. You may have a house there. You may work there. That may be where you reside. But the reality is, is that the queen owns that property. The queen, it's hers. So, I, you know, I think we could all sing, this land ain't my land. This land ain't your land. From Bonavista to Vancouver Island, this land belongs not to you and, me, you and me. It belongs to the queen. This is her land. And, and, we have the, and I began to do a little reading and how that, that the crown has the privilege that if it so desires, it can bring property back. It can ask for property back and it may or it may not even pay you for what it owns. It's, it's the crowns. The crown owns the land. She's the queen. She's the sovereign. She has the right to it. You may live on it. You may have a, a deed to the property, but let me tell you that that deed is just sub to the lease that it is to the kingdom. The kingdom owns the property and and the kingdom owns what you may think is yours and and sometimes I think that we forget about the power of kingdoms because we live in a democratic society but the reality is that when we ask God's kingdom to come we're asking a lot we're asking God to take control over everything that he becomes sovereign that he becomes the one in control he becomes the one that owns everything and when we want the kingdom of God to come because it comes with power and it comes with authority but it also comes with us yielding everything to the king I I'm just wondering is anyone taking time yet today to yield to the king is anyone taking time to say God I just want to let you know I want your kingdom to come into my life. And, and maybe if we haven't, or maybe we just kind of skipped over that part of our prayer today. I wonder if someone would just lift your hand for a moment and say, God, would you let your kingdom come in my life today? God, would you, would you become king? Would you become sovereign? God, I may not have set up the throne in my life yet today, but God, I want you to sit on the throne of my life. Father, I want your kingdom to come. 
I want your kingdom to come. And it's important that, that we recognize and we realize that, come on, if the king is at work in our lives, God didn't just ask us to start in this place of subservient uh, attitude. That's necessary for sure. But we started with our father. So if our father is the king, then we have a right. We're an heir. We're a prince and a princess. We're, we're part of his family. Then we're ones that are entitled. And, and we have a right to the kingdom assets. We have a right to everything that he's in control of becomes part of ours. I'm so glad that the kingdom assets are available to us today. That whatever power the king has, it can become a part of what we are able to receive. I'm, I'm glad that God in his authority, that we sang about him being a healer just a little while ago, that we get to claim healing because we are Come on, we're sons and daughters of the king. And if the king says, I contain the power to heal, then we can say, hey, God, our father, let your kingdom come in my life and I can claim healing today. I can claim, come on, I can claim power to overcome today. I can claim the right to walk out in victory today. I, I have that right because he's my king. He's my king. He's, he's my king. And, and the kingdom of God isn't just external as much as it is internal. If you think back to uh, the times of, of the revolution and, and you look south of our border, it's people that were, were, were not loyal to the crown. But then you come to this side of the border and we may only be separated by a line or a barrier. But there were people on this side of that border that said, we're going to be loyal to the king. And so we have a nation part of the commonwealth because people said we are loyal no we're we're going to make a defining line that our loyalty is to the kingdom and so that loyalty established uh, us as a nation but we are a nation that are that's part of that commonwealth because we're a part of that kingdom and and I, I just want to talk for a few moments tonight about how how loyalty is part of us being allowing the kingdom of God to come you you can sense that the kingdom of God is coming if you know where your loyalty lies. Our loyalty to the king is what defines us. If loyalty to the crown is what defined us in our past as far as a nation, then our loyalty to the king of kings and the Lord of lords is what defines us as people of God now. Even though that earthly king was an ocean away, men and women stood for the crown. They fought for the crown. They died for the crown because they were loyal. It, it wasn't just this external display. It was something that they held in their heart. Their loyalty to the kingdom caused them to march to battlefronts and fight. Their loyalty to the kingdom was, was one that, that they would establish themselves in, in little hamlets and villages like ours. And we have all, all these uh, Kings County and Queens County and all these different counties that are loyal to the kingdom because we were people that were loyal to the king. The kingdom came here because people were loyal. It wasn't, it wasn't just an external display, but the benefits of the kingdom followed. If you'll read back through, the land was given by the crown to the people that were loyal. They would say, well, if you're loyal to the crown, if you're a loyalist, then we're going to open this property to you. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna send money to establish communities, and we're, we're going to send money to establish uh, cities, and, and we're going to make sure that the kingdom is taken care of. And when people were loyal in their heart to the kingdom, then the kingdom benefits followed the people that were loyal. Hmm. I wonder how true that is in the supernatural. Anybody had that happen in your life? That your loyalty to the king of kings all of a sudden opened doors of opportunity you didn't even know existed. 
that your loyalty to the king all of a sudden created opportunities that you didn't even know were there. But all, all of a sudden, when you began to let the kingdom of God come in your life, a door of opportunity opened. Blessing followed. God's God's favor shone on you that, that you begin to walk in a different light. You begin to have an understanding. God is taking care of his own. I'm, I'm letting the kingdom of God come in my life and watch the blessings that follow. True loyalty isn't something you can purchase or, or wear. It's just an understanding that frames your existence. It's an understanding that it frames your decisions. It's an understanding. When you're loyal, you can't, you can't buy somebody's loyalty. You can't buy it. But you know when someone's loyal. Because their actions are, are so acutely designed to let you know, I'm, I'm in this to win it with you. I, I, my life, my lifestyle. And, and that's what it is with the kingdom. When we are loyal to the king, the kingdom of God begins to come in our life. And it's visible. It's obvious. It's a, it's a present reality that we live with that, that it determines the way that, you, that you, the way that you walk and the way that you talk. When, when you're loyal to the king, then all of a sudden it defines, it defines what your day looks like. It defines how you go through the process of your day. It, it defines how you react. I had a beautiful lady sit ahead of me last night on the flight home. Decided that she was going to take her space up and mine. Reclined that seat right back. And she just, oh, am I complaining? Am I complaining? Kathy's, yeah, okay, I better carry on. It, it may, it may have been the reason that I said when she stood up while the plane was still taxiing on the runway. I said, I think the seatbelt light is still on. She said, mind your own business. I said, all right. Just put my head back down, prayed my little prayer. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. All right. <clears throat> Where was I? I think I was saying that your loyalty to the king defines how you live your day out. There was, yes, carry on. It wasn't, it wasn't worth it. I did not want to become that guy on YouTube. It, it, it just, I don't know how Pastor Woodward does that all the time. I guess, I guess he doesn't sit in the seats I sit in. But when you ask the kingdom of God to come in your life, then you are identified by another kingdom you're not of this world and uh i mean we were we were kind i wasn't rude i just didn't want her to go flying down the aisle or land somewhere up in first class <clears throat> i'm trying to see now i'm trying to explain away my conversation i'm too transparent that's not in the notes none of that's in the notes i'm only looking down to avoid the awkward stares of all of you looking at me right now it's, only, it's the only reason I'm looking down is because some people are looking at you like, why would you ever say that? Why, why? You represent us. Let's come back into the... You can't have two kingdoms. 
That's a good place to launch back in. You can't have two kingdoms. You can only have one. You cannot have two kings. You can only have one. And so when you ask God's kingdom to come in your life, when you ask God's kingdom to come in your surrounding, when you ask God's kingdom to come into our church, then we don't live by two king standards. We live under one standard. We have one king. We don't have, come on, we don't have two faces, two-faced coins with two kings on each side of it trying to decide which king we're going to live for today. We have one king on the coin. It's just one. It's one kingdom that's in control. It's one king that's ruling. It's one kingdom that's reigning. That, that's, that's the kingdom that God says, come on, because there's always going to be an option to choose a lesser kingdom, a, a lower kingdom that demands less and, and just says, come on for the good time. There's always going to be that kingdom that's calling for your attention saying, come on over here. But I'll tell you what, when you, when you ask the kingdom of God to come, it comes with a lofty responsibility. It comes with a great task at hand for you to live in that kingdom. We want the kingdom to come, but, but the kingdom, the reality of the kingdom is an internal activity. It's a loyalty that you own and that you hold for the kingdom. The kingdom. When you look at the kingdom, you can find the verse in Luke 17 and verse 20. When the Pharisees talked to Jesus, they, 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 he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come. You know, how do we identify the kingdom coming? He answered them and he said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo, here or lo, there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The word observation literally means to stand aside and watch it. It means that there's no wide-eyed wonder. The kingdom of God comes with, with observation. It's just part of the daily routine. It becomes a part of, of the natural activity. It's not this wide-eyed wonder of a king riding in on a beautiful white horse. The kingdom of God is just this loyalty to the king that we have in our heart. To stand aside and watch. Not to be the center of attention, but to let God take center stage in our lives. Uh, you know, that's one of the challenges that we have in ourselves. Sometimes for us to pause and wait for the kingdom to come, it's hard for us because we want to get the kingdom on the leash and pull it into our lives. We want to get the kingdom and, and we want to get that on our four by four wench and then hit the button and bring the kingdom into our life quickly because it's just a little slow coming. We, we, want, to, we want to get a hold of the kingdom and drag it into our life. We want, we want the kingdom to come. And, and observation, it means, it means that we stand back and we await for the kingdom to show up. And so often we want this grandstand and we want the, we want the parade of the kingdom coming in. And, and that's not the way it is. It's just this internal work that God begins to do in us. And our loyalty and our love for the king grows and then the kingdom comes. Sometimes we, we treat revival like a Canada Day parade. And we take our place and we passively wait for the float to appear in the distance. And, and we stand and we look for the signs of revival. And we're all saying, well, where's the full altar? Where's the, where's the float that has, has revival? And where's the float that has baptisms? And I'm waiting for the float to come by with spirit infillings. And where's that float with all the miracles? I want that one. I want that float to come. And that's what we think the kingdom of God needs to come and just fanfare. And, and that's not the way that it is. The kingdom of God comes deliberately, intentionally. And we're, we're going to talk about it. The, king, the kingdom of God only comes through us. It doesn't come just on a fanfare for us to see. The kingdom of God comes 
in our lives and then into our world. That's how the kingdom of God comes. Not with observation, it comes within us. Someone say within us. We're in the growing season. The little garden behind the cotton mill is filled with green thumbs. Men and women bent over their plots of beans and greens and peas and plants. and Seeds have been planted and nurtured under green and greenhouses and under grow lights. and Just kind of get the jump on the tomatoes and I hope that's all they're growing back there. But the kingdom of God is like a seed. The kingdom grows. Mark 4, verse 26, he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast a seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. For the earth beareth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, and then the ear, and after that the full corn in the ear. So principle number one, we've got three principles. Principle number one, the kingdom comes from seed. It starts growing. There isn't anything impressive about the appearance of seeds. No one, no one stands and looks at the seed and says, wow. It seeds, the, you know, that's what we spit out. Seeds, what we end up getting in the apple sometimes. The seed, the seed is usually the, but it's the most powerful part of the fruit. There isn't anything impressive about the appearance of some dry seed in a bag and it's all crinkled up, but the power of growth and the power of multiplication, the power of the kingdom is, is like a seed. The kingdom isn't going to get your attention with a carnal impression. The kingdom is like a seed. We walk by faith and not by sight, don't, but don't underestimate the power of the seed because one seed can multiply thousands of times by itself in one cycle. The power of growth is in the seed. And if Jesus said that the kingdom is like a seed, then, then, then it, when you plant the kingdom in your life, it, it comes slow, it grows slow. It, it just kind of breaks through the soil and, and then the blade and then the ear and then the full corn in the ear, but it's taken time. And how often have we aborted God's plan for the kingdom to come before the seed grew to maturity? How often have we quit before the ear of corn was grown? How often have we just kind of plucked it and then realized, well, that doesn't seem like a whole lot, but God said, you didn't wait, you didn't give it time. You have to give the seed time to grow. The kingdom takes time. Just look at your neighbor and say, the kingdom takes time. The kingdom takes time. Principle number two, the kingdom grows gradually. It takes uh, sacrifice. John 12, 24, verily I say unto you, accept a corn of wheat, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. It says that they that sow in tears. It says that he that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Those are all challenges. It's part of the process that takes time and it's painful. And sometimes it's, it's very deliberate, but it, it, it's no fun. It's the kingdom. It's, if, it's like, if the kingdom is like a seed, then that's the way that the seed goes. But that's not where the story ends. It says that they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, what is it? Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. 
the kingdom of God, when we release it, it says that the opportunity for growth is there, but, but it's going to take a little bit of effort on our part. It's going to take a little bit of pain sometimes. It, it's going to take some difficulty. It's not going to be always easy. It's not sunshine and roses. We need sunshine and we need rain, and, and the seed has got to die. But if it dies, then growth happens. And God brings that painful process in our life of, of us being buried alone in the soil. And then something in us dies. And when something in us dies, and that is when the opportunity for the kingdom of God to grow happens. It's the difficult part of the process. It's very gradual. It's slow. We hate slow. I hate slow. It's, but the third principle is the kingdom comes progressively. It's just progressive. I, we hate slow. It's not microwave. It's not air fryer. Love the new air fryer. Love it. Love it. It's not instant noodle. Kingdom comes progressively. That's why Isaiah said, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, henceforth forevermore. The increase of his government and upon us, that, that it's progressive, it, the increase happens. And sometimes it doesn't happen nearly fast enough because we want it to happen today. We want the balcony filled next Sunday, Jesus' name. And God says, okay, you want the balcony filled? How about we fill the MyCCC class? And we say, oh, no, no, God, that's just three, three or four or five people. Mm -hmm. But guess what happens? Three weeks of three four or five people. And then we cycle the next month and we do three, four or five people. And before long, we're pushing out into the sanctuary and then we're pressing out into the balcony. And, and before long and before you know it, you turn around and say, where did all these people come from? I'm so glad that we have new parts of our family. Welcome to CCC. Yeah. We'll, we'll shout it loud and we'll shout it proud. Our church is your church. Welcome home. But it happens. Increase. It's progressive. It's, it's slow sometimes. It's, it's seed in the soil. But before you know it, how many, how many have, have a little garden plot? Wendy? <laughs> a couple gardeners in the room. How many have a big garden plot? Some of you do, yeah. Big one. You plant the seed because you believe. Small or large. Some of you just have a little tomato plant on the deck. Uh, yeah, you say me? I, well, out there somewhere. It's like, you know, but you believe in the power of the seed. But you see that growth happen and you know, oh, here we go. Here, it's going to happen. It's going to occur. Can we just believe that about the kingdom? If Jesus said it's like the seed, then, then how, how awesome is that, that? That we believe in the power of the seed enough to know that God is going to grow the church. The seed of the word landing in the soil of hearts is going to grow the church. We believe. We've got the responsibility and the stewardship. We got home last night. It was, you know, after 11 o'clock. And the first thing that Kathy said when we stepped on the step well, she said, oh, my flowers are dead. <laughs> I don't know who didn't water the flowers. I don't think it was the four days that we were away that killed them. But anyway, leave that right there. 
Yes. Great observation. The flowers are indeed dead. But we've got this responsibility. We believe. We believe that if we water the plant and if we get that plant in sunlight and, and we shelter the plant, we keep the deer away from the, the plants, the rhododendrons or whatever they are, we, keep, we, we just kind of do our part, then that plant is going to grow. Then the seed is going to produce. We believe that. And if we believe that about a simple little plant, then God says, believe it about the kingdom. So celebrate the little bits of growth that we see along the way. Celebrate the one or the two. Celebrate when the kingdom begins to excel and the kingdom begins to advance. And, and maybe it's not happening fast enough. And too often, we don't celebrate the little wins. But don't despise the day of small beginnings because God is working and God is growing and the kingdom is coming. So, so sometimes we want the kingdom to come with all this great flurry of activity and the chariot of gilded gold with the king of kings on it but God says you know when you know the kingdom is coming when it's just one or two when it's just one soul coming out of the soil and somebody coming out of the baptismal tank and somebody in the altar receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost then that's when you know the kingdom of God is coming so celebrate the kingdom of God coming in just little increments and little bits along the way and one step in front of the other and here a little and there a little and that's when you know the kingdom of God is coming Amen. Coming back to the music tonight. We get it wrong sometimes. The patience, the patience to endure is one of the greatest challenges that our generation has. The disciples were so excited when Jesus rode into town on the donkey that day. It was their idea of a king coming into his kingdom. That's what they were looking for. Now let's kick Herod off the throne and get you in there, Jesus. And that wasn't what he had planned at all. Their focus was on the palace, but his focus was on Calvary. Because the seed has to die in order for the kingdom to grow. They were expecting a throne like David's in, in that place of Herod's, but, but that's not what he was anticipating. They were marking out the seating arrangements of all, all the lords and lasses of the loyalists that they were. The three and a half years of service that they had given him bought them the right to be the first in the kingdom, but that wasn't the way that he had intended for it to be. How do we know if the kingdom of God is coming? A few little, few little key questions for us. How do we know if the kingdom of God is coming? Number one, is your kingdom dying? Because our kingdom has to decrease if his, if his kingdom increases. Number two, does the word of the king have the final say in your life? Where the word of the king is, there is power. And we love to shout that verse when it's healing and deliverance and Holy Ghost. We love to shout that verse then. But, but where the word of the king is, is, there's power to say yes and there's power to say no. There's power to say wait. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Does the king have the final say in your life? Or Number three, are you intentionally and personally involved and investing in the growth of his kingdom? Because we, we work 40 hours a week to grow our own kingdoms, but how many hours have I invested in his kingdom? Number four, are, 
Are you a loyalist to the kingdom of God? Number five, have you placed him on the throne of your life? And maybe number six, do you want his kingdom to come? Genuinely, from the bottom of your heart, is there a part of you that says, kingdom of God come, will of God be done? Is that, is that part of your prayer? Is that part of your, is that definitely part of your desire? Not just the design of the prayer that, that Jesus modeled and asked us to pray, but is that your desire? Kingdom of God, would you come in my life? That, that's the question. Is that my desire? Because Herod wanted to do all the right activity. He, he wanted to do all the right things. He, he sent the, the wise men to Bethlehem. He said, go and search diligently for the young child. And when you have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. And we have this one king saying that he's going to worship that king but we know the truth is that he just wanted to kill him so we can have all the right words in place and all the right activity but we can have our hearts so far from the right idea do we want his kingdom to come do we want his kingdom to come if you'd stand together with me tonight I'm just going to close with the Lord's prayer because not only did he start in the beginning talking about his kingdom after this manner therefore pray ye our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come but he continues and he said thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven if you know it quote it with me give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil here we go What? for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever because you know if his kingdom comes in our life then his will is done not our will on earth as it is in heaven if his kingdom comes then provision comes with it our daily bread is sustained and maintained the king will make sure and and if his kingdom comes and we forgive and and it's not our lives anyway it's his life and if he allowed if he come on if he allowed people in our lives that just kind of rub the rough edges off and if he allows people in our lives that offend us if he allows people in our lives to tell us to mind our own business He allows those people in our lives. Guess what? Thine is the kingdom. Oh God, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. I forgive you, lady in seat 25C. Please forgive me for telling you to sit down. Put your seatbelt on. If his kingdom comes, if, if his kingdom comes, then we are led into temptation. And if his kingdom comes, we are delivered from evil. And if his kingdom comes, the power and the glory of the kingdom is released into our lives, not just temporarily, but forever if his kingdom comes. So that's why, that's why we need to learn to pray, God, thy kingdom come. And God, let us recognize this and let us be aware of it and let us see it in action. And God, even if it's just a little sprout of the seed that you planted in the soil of our lives, if it's just one soul, if it's just one inquire, if it's just one hungry heart, if it's just somebody, if it's just someone somewhere, God, would you let us see the kingdom coming?
Would you let that be your part of your prayer tonight? Father, I'm so grateful. I'm great, grateful that, God, you're the king that's in control. And, God, for the so many times that we get it all wrong. God, for the so many times that, God, that we get sideways. And the so many times that we want to see the kingdom come with power and glory and majesty. And it comes that way. But, God, it comes so often progressively and gradually. God, it comes growing slowly in our lives. I pray, Father, that you would give us the patience and the faith to see when your kingdom is coming in our life. God, give us, God, give us the ability to see that little change in somebody's spirit that we've been praying for. God, give us the ability to see that shift in the supernatural. God, that, that little change in the wind, the current that begins to go just a different way and someone's getting closer to the kingdom. God, let us see that. Let us, let us understand it. Let us know when it's happening. Give us discernment. God, give us the ability. God, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. God, your kingdom coming in our life, we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name we ask. Would you just lift both hands and thank God that he's privileged us out of 7.85 billion people in the world, that God has allowed us to know the power of the kingdom. It comes with great responsibility, but God, I pray, would you grow your church? God, would you grow your church? Would you grow your church? Would you use us today? God, from the east to the west, from the north to the south, but God, in this little city in Canada, God, in this little city in New Brunswick, I pray, let us be a beacon. God, let us be a point of declaration. God, let us be a place, God, of committed, loyal kingdom. God, we're kingdom heirs, we're kingdom sons, we're kingdom daughters, we're princes and princesses. God, that's who we are today. We're your daughters. We're your sons. God, we're your children. God, let your kingdom come, I pray. Would someone just pray in the Holy Ghost for a moment? Would someone just pray that God's kingdom would come in your workplace? That God's kingdom would come at the grocery store? Come on, you represent the king. You, you, you don't even realize it, but when you walk into the room, something shifts in the environment and in the atmosphere. When a Holy Ghost believer, come on, shows up, there's something that happens in the supernatural realm. The kingdom has come. God, I pray that the kingdom of God come with power and authority, we ask. Jesus, in your name. Jesus in your name. Come on, would you would you grab the hand of someone nearby or put your hand on somebody's shoulder if that's appropriate and let's begin to pray. Pray for your neighbor. God, give us eyes to see your kingdom coming. Let us acknowledge it. Let us be aware of it. God, let us be ready for it. Let's catch the wave of it. Father in your name. Jesus in your name. Jesus in your name. Your kingdom come. Thy will be done tonight. La bosha tareke. Lemendo rebasi andarakai. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Holy Ghost just helping us for a moment tonight. We just begin to talk to the Lord for a moment. the Lord. 